All right, welcome back to the Purple Ace Podcast. This is episode 26, um, coming off of week one of the football season. I am here to uh, share my thoughts with you guys, as always, along with my brother, Jake Bass. Jake, how's it going? It's going pretty good. Um, You know, coming off a tough week one, we'll get into that here in a second. Uh, With the losses, I'm excited about, so... Um, can't complain too much and, and just excited to be back in Dowdy this weekend. Yeah, it was great to be back. Um, me and I don't know if I said my name or not. I'm Josh. You guys probably know that. But um, I, I, being back at the stadium was great. Um, the atmosphere was awesome. The game was it was a great game. It was just a, a really good week one experience despite the, the finish. Um, and, and, yeah, there's a lot of positives to take from it. So we'll go over the negatives. We'll go over the positives. We'll give you a little bit of everything real quick. Um, if you don't already follow us, um, on Instagram or Twitter, you should do that. Uh, it's the best time of the year to engage on social media, uh, regarding ECU sports and it's the best fan base. So you should get involved. Uh, we are at purple haze pod on Twitter and at purple haze podcast on Instagram. Uh, feel free to go ahead and give us uh, a follow if you want, if you enjoy the content, uh, cause we sure do enjoy making it for you guys. And uh, without rambling too much, let's uh, let's get into it, man. We're going to go over the NC State game. We're going to recap that as a whole. And then we're going to move on um, and give you guys an old Dominion preview. Um, and, and that's it. That's that's basically the football format unless uh, special stuff comes up because, uh, you know, we know that's what you guys want to hear. And that's what we want to talk about. So getting into the NC State game, um, just to go over some brief numbers on the day, um, well, first off, let's go with some team numbers uh, instead of some individuals. Uh, on the day ECU, we threw for 267 yards. Uh, State threw for 213. Uh, the total rushing yards uh, were in State's favor, 133 to 116, so pretty tight there. Um, both teams had a lot of success running the ball. Um, penalties, uh, and th- this is actually one of the positives we'll get to. We only had two penalties. I, want, I think they were both holding penalties. It was two for 20 yards. I can't remember exactly. But only two on the day. State had eight. Um, so that was definitely where they struggled. We both, uh, both teams had two turnovers. The possession game was close. ECU edged it out um, by five minutes. And, um, yeah, total yards, ECU outgained State 383 to 344. So, um, honestly, numbers numbers were pretty good there. Pretty, pretty close numbers. Um, across the board, the, the big difference being the, the passing um, ECU uh, Holton specifically out through Devin Leary um, by, by around 50 yards, so fairly significant. And then the penalties, um, uh, you know, ECU, ECU dominating that aspect. But the final score is the only stat that really matters on game day at least, and it was 21-20 to 20 NC State. They won. Um, and what was a heartbreaker for ECU and uh, um, definitely a, a big sigh of relief for state fans. Um, so there's your, there's your stat breakdown on the day. As far as, uh, you know, how uh, – well, we'll go about how we looked before we talk about the matchups and, and how um, we think each, each position group, you know, and, and whatnot matched up against state. But as far as how we looked, Jake, as, as a team, what, what was your takeaway from Saturday? I thought we looked really good on Saturday, um, especially the defense. Uh, you know, when you have the 13th-ranked team in the country coming in uh, to play you week one and you only allow 14 um, points to their offense, 
Um, that's just incredible. But it's not something that I would say necessarily surprised us because, you know, we did our defenses. Uh, but I was really pleased to see them execute um, on the big stage. Um, and, you know, I thought Holden played a really good game. Uh, I think the first interception, um, he was, you know, it was a play call, just kind of taking a chance, and he might have underthrew it a little bit. The second one was the right pass. He just let it sail a little bit. But really, other than that, I thought he played phenomenal. Um, I think the running backs did what they could do. I think State's D-line was really good, and we'll get into that. Um, but, yeah, and I, I think the offensive line played well, too. I mean, we didn't allow any sacks, um, you know, struggled in run blocking a bit, but I think that was more so just State's, you know, front seven is just incredible. Yeah, I would agree. I think that ECU, uh, that we really looked good, um, as good as, as I could have hoped um, for the most part on most position groups minus special teams. Um, I think that Holton played well. Uh, he won the matchup against Devin Leary. Devin Leary, a guy who was um, – I, I believe he was the favorite to win ACC Player of the Year, or at least he was yeah, one of them. Preseason ACC Player of the Year. Okay, yeah. And, um, you know, obviously really talented and, and a veteran quarterback. Uh, he was definitely outplayed by Holton, despite Holton throwing the two interceptions. Um, yes. Um, and, and, you know what, let's just we'll, – we'll talk about Holton right now. Um, Yes, Holton uh, threw the two interceptions. I, I The first pick, um, and this is something we talked about and we're a, a little worried about, and I, I would say it kind of was true, but not to the extent that it usually is. Holton is a notoriously slow starter in the football season. Uh, so that was my big worry coming into this one for the offense. Um, little did I know. I knew the defense was going to be good. I didn't know they were going to be as good as they were. Um, but, uh, you know, yeah, I, I – Look, you're going to see a lot of 50-50 balls be thrown up this year. We talked about the size that this wide receiver group has, and Donnie Kirkpatrick likes those matchups, and he likes throwing to the hashes. We know that. We're going to see a lot of them. We're going to throw as many of them as anybody in the country. And um, so I don't have a problem with that. C.J. Johnson was completely blanketed on the play. Um, again, that's okay if you're throwing a 50-50 ball to the sideline. He just underthrew it. So that that is on Holton, but it's okay. Um and, you know, that's that's the risk when, you know, when you're throwing 50-50 balls. That's why they call them 50-50 balls. Um, on his second interception, yes, uh, you know, it was a good read. It was honestly a good play all the way up until the throw by Holton. He stepped up into the pocket nicely uh, with pressure coming from behind him. Uh, Noah Henderson got beat, I believe, on that play. Um, so some unique pressure there coming from in between the, the right guard and the right tackle. But, um, you know, he sailed it and, uh, you know, threw a pick again. But, um you know, so that's not really Holton's strong suit, though, is it, stepping up into the pocket and, and delivering accurate balls. That's just not really his game. So, um, you know, obviously, yes, you would like to see that throw uh, not get sailed there, and, and it would have been a first down. But um, nonetheless, Holton had 267 yards passing. He did throw two touchdowns, including an early touchdown to C.J. Johnson. That was a beautiful ball. Um, and a nice ball in, inside the five, you know, an, e an easy one, but it's also one of those throws that's easy to easy, almost too easy to uh, to do that. Quarterbacks mess up a lot to Shane Calhoun. So, um, and he also ran for over fifty yards on the day. So, um, you know, I, I certainly would not. I, I understand people see interceptions and they, you know, judge the entire game based on that. But I, uh, um, I certainly would not say that Holton played bad. I would say that Holton had uh, a pretty good game. Um, and, uh, you know, as far as the, the run game, like Jake said, the front seven for, for NC State's really, really good. That's a tough front seven. 
Uh, I think we have a really good and deep offensive line. Um, we are missing Bailey Malavik right now. Um, you know, so there is a chance that he is the left tackle over Justin Red when he comes back. We'll see. Um, and I'm sure they're still working out there. Um, you know, rotations and whatnot, as far as the coaching staff goes, but, um, you know, again, we have a really talented, deep offensive line. Uh, but with that being said, there are uh, a couple new faces on it. And, uh, you know, offensive lines get better as the year goes on. The best um, offensive lines are the ones who have had the most continuity. So um, they're not going to be perfect here early, but I don't think they were bad. And I think they were really good pass protection. A run protection, they uh, they got bullied a bit by State's front seven. But in pass protection, I think they were good. So all the all together, I would say that they performed pretty well too um, against a really good team. Um, Jake, what do you what did you well we'll do this. What do you think of the lines performance? And then uh, maybe you you know we can touch on the running backs. There wasn't a ton from the run game outside of Holton. Uh, you know, Rajay had a nice goal line touchdown. Keaton didn't do poorly. You know, he ran for three point six yards per carry, considering he he wasn't really able to get the ball in space much there's you know not too much critiquing no don't freak out by the way we're gonna have a really good run game this year and we still ran for a lot of yards with Holton uh you know ran for over 100 yards with Holton included so um but Jake what did you think of the offensive lines play um and I guess you can break down individual offensive players too that you thought stood out um you want me to break down anyone or just the line you can do well. Tell me how the line played first, and then and then we can go into some of the skill position guys and tell me, tell me who you who you thought stood out on Saturday. I think the line played really good in pass protection, especially against State. Um, I mean, State, like we were just talking about, State is one of the best um, front sevens in the country. Um, not allowing a sack to them is incredible. I think almost everyone uh, who rotated in um, was able to. Uh, performed really well in the pass blocking. What um, disappointed me a little bit was just the run blocking and how it was pretty inconsistent. Like, I, I know that State's really good, but um, when you have guys like Rajay and Keaton Mitchell, you have to be able to give them holes and let them do their work. And they're just. Um, and and that, I know Keaton broke off one run for like 25 yards or so. And, at, and I think Rajay's um, longest run on the day was seven yards. Um, which you just can't have that. And like you said, um, once the season goes on and there's more continuity on that O-line, um, it will get better. The best uh, defensive line we're going to play, um, at least till maybe we play, you know, Cincinnati. Um, but, yeah, I definitely would have liked to see the run blocking be a little bit better. Um, and I, I thought Keaton Mitchell and Rajay looked good in the small doses that we got to see them um, out in space, you know. And I think just as good as they've always been. Uh, I'm not worried about that at all. Uh, but looking at a couple guys who stuck out to me, obviously, first, you know, you got to give a shout out to CJ Johnson, um, guy who a lot of people counted out um, in the offseason. And he just, you know, put his head down and, and you know, had one of the best games that I've seen him have in a long time. I mean, six receptions, 90 yards, and a touchdown. Looked really good. Um, looked like he was in great shape, and it was just awesome to see him play like that again. Another guy that was super fun to watch on the offense um, was newcomer Isaiah Winstead. Uh, he yards, and he just made some really key plays. It felt like there was a few. There's one drive there um, 
where I, I just felt like he was making some really nice catches, really good plays, and I uh, it just had me really excited to watch him, uh, you know, for the whole year. Yeah, I, I agree. Isaiah Winstead was was fantastic, and and he was he was consistently good throughout the game. Uh, there was one catch that he made around the five yard line on the. Uh, I don't remember. It, it was later in the game, but it was a. Spe- it might have been. Let's see which which. Um, I think it was probably on the drive that uh, Shane Calhoun ended up scoring a touchdown. Um, yes, it was because uh, it was on the far side. Um, and he got us on like like down to the one yard line. It was a 16 yard reception to Winstead in the third middle of the third quarter. Um, if you haven't go go back and watch it, I believe ECU uh, football Twitter page put up a video of it. It's probably on their Instagram as well. Uh, Winstead made a spectacular catch on that ball, blanketed um, again a 50 50 ball. Holden actually threw a beautiful back shoulder pass that Winstead t- turned around and caught one handed because his other arm was locked up. I mean, he he's a stud. He's going to be a problem, um, and he had a great game. Yeah, C.J. Johnson, though, definitely uh, was the player of the game offensively, if you ask me. Um, like Jake said, he, he had, you know, 90 yards and a touchdown against a, in a defensive contest. Um, you know, he was a real difference maker. Um, and, and one thing, Jake, that I noticed and thought about after the fact um, – you know, when we went back and watched it, uh, you know, undeniably and rightfully so, C.J. Johnson's biggest questions coming into the year were not talent. Uh, everybody knows he, he's a spectacular talent. But, Jay, correct me if I'm wrong, the biggest questions that you would have about C.J. Johnson are our personal questions, our attitude questions. Even, even so, coming off the suspension, it's kind of a prove-it thing, right? You get that feel? Yeah. No, yeah, definitely. And And so – Tell me if you noticed this. So, like we talked about on the first drive, Holton underthrew him on a 50-50 ball, um, and, and it got picked off. That was a pass to C.J. Johnson, I believe. Um, the next drive, he uh, C.J. Johnson uh, caught a 40-yard touchdown pass. So, that to me tells me that this is not the C.J. Johnson mentality that we've had the past couple of years, where he's checked out of games when things haven't gone his way or if he's gotten frustrated. The, and I could be reading too much into it, but this is just what I thought at the time and what I've thought after the fact, that that's just a good sign. Not only do you have this great performance from CJ in a tight game where there's ups and downs, but right following, uh, you know, a, a situation where he could be upset and say, man, you, you know, withholding on the first drive of, of the season against, you know, our in-state rival, you, you know, you underthrew me. Um, this is my comeback game. You underthrew me when I, you know, if you gave me a good ball, I had a shot there and, and it was picked off. That wasn't the response that he had, which he may have had in the past. He ended up going for a 40 yard touchdown. So Jake may, I don't know. You think I'm reading too much into that, but that's what I took from no, it. I, I think that's a, a valid perspective. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I mean, you know, we might be, you know, I read a little bit too much into everything, um, but you know, I, I completely agree. I mean, seeing CJ after that, you know, like you said in the past, potentially it would be easy to see him kind of check out in that situation and just not care um, that um, CJ comes in and, and has a 40-yard touchdown and has a really solid game. Um, probably, like you said, our best uh, game on offense was between him and Holt. So, um, yeah, I, I, I completely agree. Yeah. Well, it, it was just – yeah, it was good to see. It was really encouraging. And, and you know, this team, if CJ Johnson – um, is going to perform like that in, in the first game of the season on the big stage and you know, against a really tough opponent. 
Um, you just are really excited to see what he's going to do over this next stretch of six, seven games here. I'm really stoked for him. So um, excited. One thing I do think we have to mention, um, you know, the tight ends weren't super involved. I think that's just kind of how the game went. Um, I don't think that's really anything. Um, there's really anything to write home about one way or another, positive or negative on the tight ends. With At the tight end position, you're just not always going to have somebody uh, have 90 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. Um, so I don't, you know, I don't feel the need unless you saw something to really touch on that. I think they're getting both guys. I mean, Calhoun had a touchdown for goodness sake, but you know, he had two catches for nine yards. Ryan Jones had four for 22. Um, but again, if you're getting red zone um, production out of your tight ends, that's really all you could ask for that. And, and then they're producing the run game, which, um, you know, this was a tough one, but one, one person that I did want to point out um, that I think struggled a bit and, and it's, and it's odd um, because, you know, it, it, what I'm going to say may seem a little bit backwards, but I think Jalen Johnson uh, struggled a bit, and I think a lot of it might have been because of the stage he was on. Now, hear me out. I know he was at Georgia. I know Georgia's stage is massive, but he was not a starter at Georgia. You know, he was – he was uh, yes, he had worked his way up in the depth chart, and he played on special teams, but he was not a starter. Um, he, he was a starter for us and, and was out there, you know – the entire game he ended the game with two catches for 31 yards which i mean 15 yards 15 and a half yards a catch is good um but you know he he had some he had some drops and 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 some miscues and i just think that he uh and i know his you know not that you, you take the pro football focus grades with a grain of salt but i know he didn't grade out well there either i don't think there's anything to worry about i think it was just a um it was a big change for him and uh you know he doesn't have the luxury uh, that a guy like CJ does of having been here with this in this environment in this in games like this and, and played and, and been a big part of him. I, I think he's going to settle in just fine, um, but that is something that I, I didn't really wouldn't have predicted happening, um, especially when you consider our two transfer receivers, one's from Toledo, one's from Georgia. You would assume that the um, the the guy from Georgia wouldn't really and you know and and again we don't know if this is the case could have just been an off game but it seemed like the moment especially considering most of his miscues were early on it, it, the it, it you know the lights were a bit bright in in game one for Jalen Johnson versus Isaiah Winstead which is something I maybe wouldn't have predicted yeah yeah and I'm glad you uh, pointed out Jalen Johnson's game um, because something that I really or I noticed when watching Jalen Johnson yeah he had some drops. Um, but his route running was still great. That, yeah, that's what I was going to say. His route running was great. He was getting open, um, and I wouldn't expect these drops to continue. I mean, he was our best, you know, he, he was the whole talk of summer camp. You know, everything in the summer was Jalen Johnson looks amazing. I can't believe how good he is. Um, you know, that, that doesn't go away just because of a couple of drops. And it, uh, he keeps getting open like he did against – NC State, then he's going to have some monster games here. And then, like you said, I'm really not worried about Jalen Johnson at all. Could have just been uh, the stage, the magnitude. Well, I won't say the magnitude of the game. He's played in bigger games than this. But uh, the, his, the biggest role. But not had, with his role. Yeah, the, the biggest role. That with, with the magnitude, magnitude of this rivalry. Um, you know, it, it could all play factors. But, I mean, yeah, I'm definitely not worried uh, long term. I think he's going to um, share up those hands, keep getting open, and he's going to have some big games. Yeah, and the fact that he, you know, he had a down game, I'm sure by his standard, um, 
but there were still so many positives to take with his route running is really a good thing. And that's going to come in handy too a lot with guys like CJ, uh, which CJ is not about a bad route runner either, but with big physical guys like, um, you know, like CJ and uh, Isaiah Winstead, who are, who are going to be less about separation and more about go up and get the ball or, and, and, you know, yards after catch with a guy like Jalen Johnson, who can just get open sheerly by his ability to run routes at a really high level. I think that's going to be big for the offense. So, um, you know, I would not worry too much. I know people overreact based on game one, and I know this one was frustrating, but um, I, I would, uh, I, I would, I would hold the criticism on Jalen Johnson. I think he's going to be just fine. I can't remember also if Holton's second interception, if he was, it might have been him or it might have been Winstead. I can't remember that he overthrew, but whoever it was was wide open on that play. Um, so if it was Jalen Johnson, that's just another example of just, uh, you know, that's not even his miscue, but just a, you know, an unfortunate. Um, you know, playing the game that that didn't swing his way. But let's go over to uh, the defensive side of the ball because um, they were fantastic, um, really across the board. I know, I know, states running back. Um, it was uh, he was able. It well, Demi Sumo is it Kongbaye? It's, it's um, I'm not hundred percent on how to pronounce that, but yeah, I'm not sure. But he had a good game, and and, yeah. and, and, and he was, uh, you know, Jordan Houston wasn't bad either um, running the football. Uh, you know, they – but uh, Sumo had 79 yards and a touchdown, averaged 5.6 a carry, and uh, Jordan Houston ran it 15 times for 55 yards. Um, you know, nothing crazy, but, you know, a solid game. I know they were able to run the ball some. Uh, they've got a really good O-line, and I'm still proud, especially – um, in the second half of how our defense adjusted and really took all of their offense away from them. I mean, held them completely scoreless. Um, and, and Devin Leary had probably what I would imagine is one of his worst games in a long time um, against this defense. So really across the board, the, the, the DBs were pretty much perfect all day, I, especially the safeties, which we knew. Um, but Malik Fleming was fantastic. Juan Powell was fantastic. Um you know, and, and the front seven held up really, really well in the second half. So, um, you know, who, who are some guys that, that stood out to you on the defensive side of the ball, Jake? Um, yeah, like, like you said, the corners, uh, you you just mentioned. I mean, Fleming, Hickman, and Juan Powell. Um, you know, the, the only knock I had, and this, this was nitpicking, is that there was a couple of times um, on, like, third and mediums, third and longs, where it was like two different times on like one drive where uh, Juan Powell got targeted. I mean, really on him. It was just a really good routes run. Um, But what what I'm saying that is other than that, um, I don't think there's even anything you could say about about any of them. I mean, they they played a phenomenal game. Um, They made Devin Leary uh, look as as a quarterback as anyone has in the past year. Um, because he is super talented. I mean, he's due for 35 touchdowns and five interceptions last year. And, and you would, if you didn't know that beforehand, you wouldn't have been able to um, to uh, predict that um, from watching the game on Saturday. So I, I was really just blown away um, by the corners, not because I didn't know they were talented, but you know, um, stepping into you know Jake Juan McMillan's role, um, you know, you have. Um, I guess uh, the, the, it's not a target on your back, but everyone's watching you to see how you do, um, and, and they just excelled. 
Yeah, I, I thought they did a fantastic job. I mean, and Devin, and you can just flat out say, say it, Devin Leary had a bad game. And I don't think he had a bad game because yeah. of anything yeah. to his fault. I think there just wasn't any opportunities for him. Um, he was really getting forced to release the ball. He did a good job of not getting sacked. Both of these quarterbacks did. Um, you know, they're both veterans, though. That's, you know, they're not – that's what's expected of, of two really good high-level veteran quarterbacks. Um, they can feel pressure and, and know when they got to get rid of the ball. But the thing that Devin Leary kept running into is um, he would feel the pressure and go to get rid of the ball. Nobody's open. Um, so, you know, he had to, he had to throw the ball into tight coverage a lot. The passes got broken up. He had um, had to throw the ball away a lot. I mean, he threw it 33 times. He only completed 17 passes for a little over 200 yards, a touchdown, a pick. A QB rating of 36.8. That's just not good. Yeah. And um, – and I don't even think it's anything to, you know, to to discredit him. I think the defense just played really well, which is a really huge positive because um, this is a veteran team across the board, but also a veteran offense for, for State. Um, and, uh, and, and, yeah, and that's also just such a testament to our um, to our DBs to be able to, to just take away the easy throws. I mean, and, and the interception um, that uh, – Jaro Wilson was able to have, um, you know, and he also returned at 34 yards. But the interception that Jaro Wilson was able to have was beautiful. Devin Leary never saw him, never saw him, completely jumped the route. I mean, that's the prettiest way to pick a ball off that you could possibly have. Um, so, I yeah, the defense, it was stellar. I mean, shut him out in the second half. First half, yeah, he uh, only gave up 14. You know, there's a block punt that was, uh, um, you know, contributed to the other touchdown. So, um, you know, I, I think that the, um, the defense, it, it gets an A plus for me. I mean, they were absolutely fantastic. And, you know, we, at the end of the day, we just went up against a really good team. Um, and, and we had some mishaps and, and weren't able to get it done. And that's the way college football goes. That's why we all love college football and hate it on the day, uh, when it doesn't go your way, but that's what makes it so exciting. So props to state. They're a really good team. Um, I know their fans are, are trying to cope with the fact that they were, um, you know, talking trash constantly to ECU about how it wasn't going to be a game, wasn't going to be a blowout, and they ended up getting away with a, with a lucky dub. And that's not me saying it. That's that's Dave Dorian saying it. He said it after the game. So, say fans, don't get mad at me. Get mad at your coach. He even said, and it's true, um, and he was respectful about it, that, look, you know, you come into, the, they come into a really tough place to play. They come against a, a team that's really good and probably not getting the credit it deserves. Um, and you know, in games like this, you're just lucky that you're, you're lucky to get away with a win the way that they did. And that's football, you know, and, and it's happened, it's happened to us too. So, you know, a, a win is a win and a loss is a loss. Um, but I do think that for a lot of the reasons we just stated that it is, um, there's a lot of positives to take. So I know that it's probably taken a few days and a lot of people probably still don't have the sour taste out of their mouth and they probably won't until we rack up a couple of wins, but there's a lot of positives to take and this team is not defined by one game this season. Um, and uh, I, I assure you that, that I, I don't even think I need to assure you. I think that they prove that they're in a, a really, really good team, the best ECU team we've had in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you said it as good as anyone could. I mean, this team, um, you know, I know it sucks. I hate losing and I hate NC State more than just about those. I hate those two things more than just about anything. So um, I know it sucks to lose to State. I mean, those are two of the worst things that could happen. Um, but 
you know, I after the game, I sat and sulked in my apartment for you know a few hours, and then I um, I went out and talked to my roommate. I was like, dude, I was like, we are going to be so good this year. <laughs> I was like, we are going to be insane this year. So um, yeah, I, I know it's not it's not fun to lose the state. Like Josh said, it's going to take a couple of wins to get that sour taste out of your mouth. But um, I mean, there's just so much excitement for what's to come this year. Yeah. Um, but one th- one more thing, or, or we got two more things here scheduled to touch on in this game. We do have to talk about the special team. Special team was a problem. Um, I know there was a missed block on Luke Larson's block punt, um, but at the end of the day, that that was even for a rugby style punt, you can't hold the ball that long. I went back back and watched the replay a couple of times, and um, you know, yeah, there was a missed block that contributed to it. But you've got to if you're going to have a rugby style punt and you're backed up towards your own end zone. I, I'm not even going to say it's not, it, it isn't the time to do it, but I'm not even going to say that. I'm just going to say you have to be aware. Um, you can't have your head down like he did, uh, you know, and take four or five steps, you know, as if you're, you know, you've got all the time in the world to get rid of the ball. You just got to know the situation better. And I think that, uh, you know, he, he hasn't been a starting punter here. I do think Luke Larson is good, and I think he's going to have a good year. Uh, it was just an unfortunate, unfortunate uh, happening. But nonetheless, it, it is something that the special teams has got to work on. Um, and they seem to uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think he did a rugby style punt the rest of the game, right? It was all traditional. Uh, not off the top of my head. I know, I know he at least mixed it up a little bit, but okay, yeah. But, but and, I, and he still will, you know, he's not going to completely switch yeah, down it. And I, I think he'll have some really good rugby style punts, but it was, that, yeah, it, that, it was a bad play. Yeah. Uh, you know, like you said, there was a missed block, but. Uh, he held the ball way too long, and that's just not you know when you're backed up in your end zone, um, that's that's you gotta There's get gotta it be some urgency. You get it out as soon as you can, and uh, yeah, it, like you said, um, I believe in Luke Larson um, as as a punter for ECU. Um, that's just one you gotta you know put behind you and, and move on to the next one. Yeah, and then obviously we're talking about special teams. Special teams really was the difference um, in this game, truly. I mean, the special teams in this game was, was what, an 11-point swing in a game that we lost by one point. They got the touchdown, and then they, you know, we had a missed extra point and then a missed 40-yard field goal um, that we know Owen Daffer is good enough to make. I feel for Owen Daffer. It doesn't even really need to be said, but we just want to make our um, position clear. Um, you win as a team and you lose as a team. And, yes, we can really attribute this one to special teams. But, um, you know, that's that's just if you're attributing one position group to not have had as good a day as the other position groups. I know, look, the, the, the hate that Owen Daffer received, uh, yes, in a sense, it's the name of the game, but it's also – it's just dumb. It's just really dumb. I'm sure he's okay. Um, I'm sure that, you know, I, I know that ECU has a responsible enough – staff and and um you know family like atmosphere around him to to let him know that he's okay this isn't going to define him um and uh I, I still think that owen daffer is in line to have a solid year um you know but your your heart goes out to him and uh you know if it doesn't need to it doesn't need to be said um but from us at least but we'll say it that you know obviously we fully back owen daffer uh we you know we back him as a member of this team and, um, you know, it, it's a sucky game and you feel bad for him, but certainly no, no, no hate on our end for Owen Daffer. It's just football. Yeah. And, you know, as a former, not, 
nearly on Owen's level. Um, but as a former kicker, I, I have to give my insight a little bit. Um, you know, I, it, it's sad, man. I, you know, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse. Um, but I just want to say on the extra point, um, for those of you who don't know, it is – I wouldn't even say it's difficult. It's impossible for a kicker to kick the ball with the laces in. Um, the laces need yep. to be the holder's job. Um, and I understand if you haven't kicked or, or haven't been around football too much, um, you might say, why does it make a difference? As a former kicker, I really don't know. <laughs> but I know that it does. So um, I, I don't even think it's warranted at all to put any hate on Owen for that one. Uh, you know, and, and the, the field goal – but what I do know, like Josh said, is that Owen Daffer is a phenomenal kicker. Um, you know, all conference last year, he made a 54 yarder uh, against Navy. Um, and, that was really pivotal in our season last yeah, year, that, by the way. That, that was crazy. And um, yeah, I mean, Owen. Um, um, and if you are upset that he missed that kick, I guarantee you he's more upset than you are. And if you're one of the people who's. Um, to get to social media to um, talk trash to your own kicker, um, I, don't just, do that. I, I don't have any words for you. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, it's easy to scrutinize someone who um, has way more talent than us, who's playing on a fifty thousand person stage um, when we're just sitting there with our phone in our pocket, paying to watch him play. Um, so that's all I gotta say. I mean, we, you know, we Daffer has all of our. Um, and I, I think for his next kick, if he's lined up for another forty yarder, I'm extremely confident he's going to make it. I mean, he's just he's that good. He's he's that guy. Yeah, and he's a competitor, and I think he'll get better from this. And I think uh, I, I really, really loved the, the way the or to the way that the team uh, backed him. Um, you know, I, I think the team is really strong. I think the locker rooms are really strong, and they're just going to get closer. Uh, you know, you, you let's let's just get the heartbreak out early in the year so that we can have a really strong, really strong season as a whole. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, if you're if you're one of those people commenting on his social media or whatever, I hope you know he hasn't even logged in. I hope he's got people advising him not to. That would be the wise thing to do. Um, but at the end of the day, don't do that. You know, it's just dumb. But um, nobody's saying that you have to get up and smile and clap when he misses a field goal and say it's okay, buddy. But you know, don't be an idiot. But look, that's that's what comes with the the territory in football. And I think that uh, Owen Daffer is okay. I think. Uh, um, I don't think anything anybody's saying is going to um, be, you know, we, with a competitor like that, he's more upset with himself than he is gonna, than he's going to be with anybody saying anything to him. So um, I hope that's the case. I'm sure that is the case, and I'm sure he's going to be okay going forward. Um, but, yeah. Uh, one last thing we'll touch on on the game, and it, it's something that people aren't really talking about, Jake, and I don't really know why. Um, Holden dislocated his shoulder early. <laughs> yeah. Early. Yeah. Played the entire game. Said it was pop, um, said it was popping in and out like yeah, multiple times. Yeah, um, and, and played uh, like we said a solid game against a, in a, a really good defense. Um, and and he's practicing. I mean, is there anything? I, what more can you say about him, man? He's. He, I mean, he's a hero. <laughs> he really is. I mean, he's. He's everything. Everything that we've needed, and he's you know even more. I mean, he's just yeah, like you said. I mean, he's not only just a phenomenal player, 
Um, he'll put literally put his body on the line for the team. Um, and he's just a great competitor and great teammate. I mean, you can't ask for anything more. And uh, another notch from that, um, that I was absolutely thrilled. And, you know, if you listen to this podcast that me and Jake were both thrilled over um, was to see um, Flynn come out to for that one snap when Holton had to leave the game after the injury um, and not Mason Garcia, because um, we've been saying that Mason Garcia is the future. Mike Houston has been saying Mason Garcia is the future. We talked about how we didn't think it was would be possible to keep Holton and Mason this year. It happened, um, and I've been saying so much that I really, really, really hope Mason's on board with redshirting this year. And um, by all indications, Jake, it seems like he is, um, and, and we might get a, a lot of Mason Garcia football um, as the starting quarterback in the future. Don't want to jump ahead. It's the first game of the year. This is Holton's year. We understand that. But that that made me really, really happy to see that that at least – is the plan as of the beginning of the season. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I mean, cause he would have to be on board with that. Yeah. Yeah. He would definitely have to be on board with that. And uh, I, I don't think we're reading too far into it. I mean, I don't think there's too much uh, to read into there. And like you said, don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Uh, but yeah, that, if that is the case then that's super exciting. All right. Well, look, let's, let's put an ugly little bow on this one. Um, and, and store it deep in the back of our memory because we've got brighter days ahead. Um, it, you know, we, there's a tough loss against a really good opponent, and, and it's the loss in the toughest way. But uh, if there's one thing positive that we can take, it's that this is a really good football team um, that proved a lot of people wrong despite not being um, the victors. And I know that doesn't mean anything to them. All they care about is wins and losses, which is good. But us as fans, we can look at it and say, um, hey, we, you can tell that this is a really good team and State was lucky to get out of there with a W. Um, and, and, and looking forward, uh, we don't have to wait long to hopefully get the sour taste of our mouths. We've got Old Dominion uh, this Saturday at 6 p.m., a much better time. Um, and, uh, you know, Old Dominion made this matchup at least a little bit more um, interesting for the Pirates coming into the year. Uh, you you would think that this would probably be a, a blowout victory for the Pirates. Um, Old Dominion did beat Virginia Tech though in Week One, uh, twenty to seventeen, um, and, and and so that's good for the Pirates. That's good. Um, just gives a you know a bit more credibility to a a, a small a small school um, that we're playing early on as a non conference opponent. Um, you know, Jake, you and me, we've been real about this, and we've said that everybody probably needs to relax a little bit. Uh, I know uh, Kirk Herbstreet had Old Dominion as his best performing team in, in week one. Um, I, I really, you know, I don't want to discredit anything. Like we said, win is a win, loss is a loss. But it, I don't know if this is more of an Old Dominion coming in and, and slapping Virginia Tech in the face or if it is Virginia Tech looked horrible and played horrible. Yeah, I mean, if Kirk Herbstreet said that ODU is his best performing team in week one, then he clearly didn't watch any football. Um, in week one, and he very at least didn't watch their game. You know, I mean, I guess we'll get into this in a second, but that was a, that was a bad, bad. No, let's get into it. Yeah, let's get, get into it. Let's get into it right now. Um, for those of you guys, I didn't watch the game live. Um, I don't even know what time it, what, it was. It going on during our game, or um, I uh, yes, yes. It, it, yeah, it, either way, if it was going on our game or whatever, I didn't watch it, but I watched the extended highlights of it. 
Um, I've actually watched it a couple times in preparation. And I'm not going to lie to you. No, I'm not going to sugarcoat it at all. That was one of the worst games I've ever seen. It was uh, horrible. In my whole entire um, That Marshall transfer, uh, who we know from last year, threw four interceptions. Um, some of them, I don't even – I mean, I, I feel like I wouldn't even made that decision to make that throw. I don't know what he was looking at. Um, Virginia Tech also had a field goal attempt where their long – like 80 yards over the holder's head, the ODU return for a touchdown. Um, it was just a bad game, dude. Really sloppy game. I mean, ODU, I wouldn't even say they looked good. They didn't look as bad as Virginia Tech. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And I, you know, and, and Mike Houston gave him credit and said they got some playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. But, I, I, guys, if this ECU team from week one played that Virginia Tech team in week one, we would have won that game 50 to 10. I mean, that, that was – they looked terrible. Um, props to ODU on getting it done as underdogs coming into the game. But, um, you know, that was that was an ugly game. Like Jake said, uh, the Marshall transfer, Virginia Tech's quarterback, Grant Wells, looked terrible. Threw for 193 yards um, on 36 attempts, and he threw four interceptions. Um, you know, Keyshawn King was able to run all over there. Uh, Old Dominion's defense, as a matter of fact, most of Virginia Tech was able to run all over Old Dominion's defense. But if you're turning the ball over like they are, that doesn't really matter a ton. Um, and, and like you said, most of them were just really, really bad decisions. It wasn't even like it wasn't even like Jarrell Wilson jumping the route, um, you know, in our game on Saturday. A, a lot of it was just just horrible decisions. Um, and, and and yeah, Old Dominion, you know, props to them. But Virginia Tech looked terrible. I think that people that are uh, expecting this, I, I've seen some people saying they think that this is going to be a dogfight on Saturday between us and Old Dominion. I respectfully disagree. Um, and, and I, I, you know, think that should be the team's mentality. Um, and I think that Houston should be having that mindset and the guy should be having that mindset. Um, but I don't believe that if we're looking at this as um, ECU football fans that we should be expecting um, or happy with a, with a close game on Saturday. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, like you said, or like we've already talked about, uh, you know, most of the interceptions, they were just bad passes. Uh, from my memory, I think there was only one that got the route got jumped, and it was just I mean, he just stared. His, it was his wide receiver, it was like second down, and he was just doing like a curl route, um, one on one, and he just stared him down right from the snap of the ball. Dude, I literally was watching the highlight, and I said, That's gonna be a he threw it like on his front shoulder, <laughs> he got caught. So, um, yeah, I mean, four interceptions, like, congratulations, but. Um, you really didn't have to work too much for any of them. Yeah, I mean, Ali Jen, if you look at Old Dominion, I mean, their defensive numbers look good. Again, it's a lot of freaking turnovers. Like we said, the, the rushing numbers and efficiency for Virginia Tech was actually really good. They were able to really run the ball kind of all over Old Dominion. It ran for 147 total yards. Um, it, but, it, I mean, it was – They ran it was a, – Well, they, they, they ran for 147 total yards, but I think – um, they had yard. The uh, what's it called? The field goal, because they have oh. their team has oh, one fifty-four yards. So they really ran. For, they really ran for two hundred yards. Yeah, which is, I mean, and, and we we should have a better rushing attack than Virginia Tech. Um, not even being biased coming into the season. Um, we're also playing at home. Old Dominion was at home in that game. Not that they have a you know vicious home field advantage, but we know that we do. Um, 
again, I'll give credit to Allie, Allie Jennings, the third receiver for Old Dominion. He had five catches, 122 yards. But th- that was it, really it for them. Outside of that, Old Dominion just really took advantage of, of Virginia Tech, turned the ball over, over, and over, and over again. Um, so, yes, Old Dominion beat Virginia Tech week one, but I would not expect this to be an extremely competitive game. I don't think it's going to be as non-competitive as the Campbell game will be next week, but I would be disappointed if this was a, a dogfight like some people are saying. I think that uh, we should be able to beat them um, in really every aspect of the game, and, and that's what I'm hoping for and, and expect to happen um, on Saturday and, and really honestly looking forward to it. Jake, who are, who are some uh, – who are some, you know, if you had, if you had to pick one, and I know, you know, where you don't get, we don't get to really watch much Old Dominion and, and see a lot of Old Dominion, but are, are there, is there anybody that you think that that poses a threat to us coming into into Greenville on Saturday? Um, yeah, I don't think there's, you know, too many uh, people like you said that pose pose a threat. I think Old Dominion's last year. Um, big um, in-state win versus Virginia Tech week one, but. Uh, I just think we are at a point in our program where we should be able to handle this game pretty easily. But somebody to look out for um, on the defensive end, uh, linebacker Jason Henderson. He had 16 tackles against Yeah, Virginia. I saw that. Um, that's that's something that really stuck out to me um, coming off of a week where we played um, against a team with some really good linebackers in NC State. They were able to nullify our running attack a little bit. Um, I, I, I'd say watch out for him. Um, on Saturday to, you know, see what he can do, trying to stop the run that, that we uh, were eager to, to let loose on this year. Yeah, I think we're going to be able to get a lot of pressure on Hayden Wolf. Um, I think that, uh, you know, they I don't know that they, they really pose much of a threat in the run game. I think, honestly, to win this game and, and win it convincingly, we just got to not yeah, turn the ball over five times. <laughs> and, and I don't – with our with the veterans that we have, I don't see us doing that. Um who who are some guys on uh, on on our side, Jake? That that you would say you think are in route to have a big week? Um, definitely. Uh, the birds are. <laughs> uh, yeah, is yeah, yeah. Say say that again because this is uh, freaking. Keyshawn King, uh, watching him play, run all over. I think. Mitchell's in for, uh, for a really big match uh, on Saturday. Um, I think uh, we'll really be able to get the running back going against NC State. I, I would expect our running backs day on Saturday. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that we're going to have a big game uh, rushing the football. I think Keaton's probably going to have some uh, some good opportunities in open space. Um, and I think that, that our physicality in, in that um, – aspect is going to be a lot for him um i i honestly i don't know i i don't i don't want to sound overly confident but i just don't really see where old dominion uh poses a big threat to us um i i think our defense is in line to have another you know another solid performance um obviously old dominion's offense is nothing compared uh to states um and, and i think that uh you know, look for a bounce back game from guys like uh, Jalen Johnson, who are able to get in space. If you were able to get in space against State's DBs, you're going to be able to do it against Old Dominion's. Um, and, and I think, uh, I think overall, it should be a really solid performance. Um, you know, there's always a chance of starting slow, coming off of a 
uh, a big letdown last week. Not a letdown in the sense of losing the game because, you know, everybody knows we weren't favorites coming in, but just losing the way that we did. Um, We'll see how the guys start, but I think that Houston's got them in a really good place. Um, And I think that – yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm just I'm just really confident in in this ECU team to go out and get the job done and, and get it done in convincing fashion, which will be which will be good for us because we you know if we go ahead and do that and we put the opening day loss behind us, go one and zero this week, uh, we've got a chance to really go on a run here. So, um, Jake, any any final thoughts before we get into our predictions for the um, for the ODU matchup? I know we didn't um, break it down a ton again with teams like ODU. There's not a you know a ton to watch. Uh, film on and it's only the second game of the season um you know definitely giving them props for winning last week against virginia tech in a game that they were the you know big underdogs in but um me and jake are both of the thought that uh we should be able to execute i think the run game will bounce back i think the defense is going to look just as good and um as long as we don't have a you know a really poor performance like virginia tech did we should be able to run away with this you got any final thoughts on that no i, I think you said i would uh i completely agree i yeah i think I, I I was thinking back to what I was saying earlier. I don't want it to sound like I wasn't giving ODU props uh, for beating Virginia Tech. I think that's a really big win, really big for the program. Um, and I don't think ODU is a bad team. I was just – I know Virginia Tech um, has been going down a, a bad spiral. Me and Josh, um, I'm a little bit ashamed of this, but we did grow up Virginia Tech fans. I was before all the hurricane stuff um, and before we even lived in North Carolina. So – um, I know when Virginia Tech was good, and I know what that feels like, and this is not it. Um, so that, that, that wasn't really a slight though to you. That was more of just, um, wow, Virginia Tech is bad now. Clarify that. that one trap wasn't trying to disrespect ODU at all. I, I, I don't know. I don't think it came off that way, but I just wanted to clarify. Yep. Um, all right. Well, I'll go ahead and give my score prediction, then I'll jump it over to you. I, I've got uh... – I've got this one being uh, 38 to 17 ECU. I think that uh, ODU might get a um, either a field goal or a touchdown late, um, but I think you know we may take the foot off the gas offensively late. Um, but I, I think that this is going to be a convincing win. So um, you know maybe that's a safer side prediction. I think the big blowout you're going to get is is going to be against Cambo, but I'm going to say 38 to 17 Pirates um, with the score coming late from ODU to make that look a little bit better. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty similar to what I had uh, all week since the game. I've had it 38-13 ECU um, today, uh, or not all week, past couple of days since since uh, since Saturday. But um, today I actually changed it to 38-10 just because um, you know our defense is that good. I, like you said, I can see them scoring late, uh, but I'm I I also don't know why so far this year our predictions have been super weird. They weren't very close at all. Um, but yeah, I got 38-10 ECU. I think we, um, I think our offense is too good. I think our defense is too good. I think this should be a game where we can really put our skills on the table and, and show the country, uh, what team we really are. Yeah. And I, you know, you know, we'll be at the game. I hope, I hope that, uh, the students really show out to this one. Obviously it's not as enticing as the state game is, but, um, I, I still think it'll be a good crowd. Uh, I'm excited. Six, uh, 6 PM game. Um, so plenty of time to get your tailgating in. No excuse not to be there. But I, I'm I'm confident in there being a solid crowd, especially considering it's a, you know, an, a, not not a high profile opponent in ODU. I don't think there'll be 51,000 people there, but I think we'll have a good atmosphere. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, and, and 
yeah, there's just not much more to say at this point. Let's let's go in there. Let's get a win. Um, let's get the sour taste out of our mouth from this past weekend and just move on to what should be a great season. Um, without rambling on too much, we'll finish it there. And uh, looking forward to seeing everybody Saturday. Go Pirates.